0: Uh, Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. To keep it going, we have the Horror Show, also known as House 3, and Amity in 3D. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in
2: theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X,
0: no
3: one under 17 admitted.
1: So, what's up? Did anybody do anything fun this week?
3: I I got married. Does that count? No, I said fun. (laughs) I went to Silver Dollar City.
1: I said fun!
4: (laughs) I convinced my family not to have a Thanksgiving dinner due to COVID, and therefore I didn't have to go to it. Nice. <laughs> they were like, how are we going to handle this? I'm like, just not do it. And they're like, yeah, but." And I'm like, but that would be, that would fix it. And they're like, yeah, but I'm like, "Ah, oh, I'll be in the woods with my kid, bye.
1: Yeah, didn't you chaperone a date?
4: <laughs> yes, that's what it. I, I implied, that that's what it turned into. That's pretty much just me walking behind two little four-year-olds who were holding hands the whole time, <laughs> and finding places to sit by the water and share a bag of goldfish.
1: Oh, was adorable.
4: Yeah. Then my kid accidentally bashed the other kid in the face with a giant stick.
1: Well, I mean, that's,
3: that, that sounds sh- about par for the course.
1: That should have been expected to happen.
3: Yeah.
4: someone had to prove how big a stick he could throw
1: (laughs) (laughs) really that's all dating is
3: (laughs) he's going back to them primal times you just bash the other one over the head with a stick and drag them back to your cave yeah have you ever been to Silver Dollar City Brian Uh, like a long time ago well me too, it's been like 20 years They've really expanded mm.
1: I was probably like 12
3: or something so is it? Silver Dollar City, it's kind of like uh, Old timey Six Flags Does that make sense?
1: Yeah I was going to say, do you have Six Flags up there?
3: No,
4: but I know what Six Flags is
3: yeah. It's it's Disney World for people who are horny for the era of slavery <laughs>
4: Just you just get on a ride and they just hire black people to push it in circles instead of having a motor. Is that what happens? Here, let me tell you
3: one thing. I was there for mm, close to close to twelve hours, basically from open to close. And do you want to know how many black employees that theme park has? (laughs) One. The answer is less than one. (laughs) three-fifths do you know do you know how many black people I saw in that theme park for the entire day maybe one family Mm. the rides the rides are fun the crafts are neat but the uh... it's Missouri so they're not Good people.
1: So, so now the question is, no black people. How many MAGA hats did you see?
3: Uh more than one.
1: That's one way too many.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The rides were really fun though. And, you know, they got that saltwater taffy and fudge. <laughs> It almost you know, makes, for, it, it almost makes for, up for when you're it 80 makes up, need it. I was going to say, it almost makes up for the explicit racism.
1: <laughs> almost.
3: Although, I'll tell you what, there's a couple things I was pretty impressed by. So there used to be a thing there that was kind of like medieval times, but it was called Dixie Stampede. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also was... <laughs> a little tone deaf for the era that it was masturbating over and uh Dolly Parton owns those hmm. and apparently she came out and made some big statement of you know what whenever we did this I wasn't thinking about it it's totally insensitive and she fucking changed the name of all of them I love Dolly Parton yeah I was I was like you know what Dolly Parton you, you give them the finger. I dig you. I dig you and your giant, weird, fake boobs.
1: <laughs> I keep seeing like stuff where people want her and Elvira to play sisters and something, and I'm like, you know, whatever it is, I'm all about it. I'll totally watch it.
3: Sold. Yeah, she changed. She changed all of them, and now they're just called Dolly Parton Stampede. <laughs> and I guess they cut out. Some of the more insensitive musical numbers and stuff that were really celebrating the South.
4: Mm. Yeah, the whole celebrating the South thing that they do is—it's just kind of weird to me. I don't get it.
3: (laughs) It's disturbing.
4: It's like remember when you guys were in a war and decide the the one side lost, and then like hundreds of years later they're still fucking (laughs) trying to bring it back. It's strange.
1: I like those memes that's like, you can't tell me not to celebrate my Southern heritage. And it's like, yes, we can. We fought a war over this and you lost.
3: (laughs) I don't. Here's here's the fucked up thing all this time later. I'm not I'm not entirely certain that they lost.
1: They've just been underground.
3: They they just learned that uh, no, the, uh, I don't I don't think they went underground at all. I think they came right back and their politics seeped into everything and have been ruining everything ever since.
4: Yeah, they just learned that violence wasn't the solution. They had to find it in a more subtle way.
1: Sure.
3: Let's not talk about that. That makes me sad. I got married. That was happening. <laughs> and I watched one movie. It was mostly good.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, I'm curious to think, find out which one of these you think was mostly good. <laughs> I'm genuinely curious.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, well, so we just jump into it, or does no want to talk about his wedding some more?
3: No, it, it all went it all went very very well. No, no problems, no hitches. The cake was great. Everything was really pretty
4: tie your tie in a fancy way and then post about it on social media?
3: Uh, no, but I did use a Pratt knot. So.
4: There you go. That was my wedding gift to you, was letting you talk about that shit on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Listen, we can all bigger and argue about who's got mad fucking skills tying a tie.
4: No, we don't. We it, don't have to argue with that at all. It's this, it's this guy.
3: I
0: wore,
4: <laughs> I wore a, a tie... Uh, I don't know, last July? The last time? Not the July that just passed, the one before that. And I tied it in whatever that one kind of knot is that they made me learn in high school.
3: Probably a four-over hand. The worst knot. <laughs> you really know how to sting me there. You really got me. I'm not insulting you. I'm insulting the four-over hand knot. The worst knot.
4: I don't know. Yeah, no, I know you can. If you're in uh, high school that has a uniform policy, you can loosen the tie and pull it off over your head and hang it in your locker and not have to re-tie it every day for five years. And that works out just fine. <laughs> That's all I know about that kind of knot.
3: That's funny. There are many knots that you can do that with.
4: Yeah, we don't need to.
3: Welcome to our new podcast, <laughs> The Knot. Not even. No,
1: just <laughs> not even. Is that the name of the
3: show? Not even. No, <laughs> nailed it, Doug. Nailed it on accident.
1: Good job, Doug. Doug, why don't you tell us about uh, Amityville 3D?
4: It's a little difficult because there's not technically a plot to this movie. There's just a bunch of weird shit that happens in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I
3: was gonna say. So 3D, uh, the third, the whole 3D sequel fad of the 80s. Like has resulted in a lot of uh, sub part movies is is the kind way to say it <laughs>
2: so
3: and there seems more. there seems to be a direct correlation between the amount of 3 d gags in the film and how terrible it actually fucking is <laughs> and this one, I think there's fifty in the first three minutes.
4: <laughs> Do you want a plot description yet, or yeah, go for it, go for it. If this if you come up with a plot for this movie, it's, it's fucking nuts because it's this is my main complaint about the movie will be how discombobulated it is. It's just it opens with
1: well, it's going to be fun because we're going to have a weird discussion about if this is actually a sequel or not. Continue.
4: Well, it's a sequel. It's yes, it's a sequel because it opens with these people have, are running phony seances in the Amityville house and Mm. they are basically we meet our main character who is a writer for a sleazy magazine and it was a simpler time where catching somebody running fake seances was (laughs) fucking enough to be the cover of a weekly magazine so it opens with them uh, busting the guy and you know basically chasing them out of there and for some reason they try to pin this on the guy who owns the house and is renting it to those people as if it's his fault mm-hmm. and he's like come on man he's like i bought this house cheap because i thought that after everything wore down from the uh, whole murders thing that i'd be able to sell it for a profit but i haven't been able to sell it so i just rented it to whoever would take it like don't well, don't, don't put this on me Well, it does
3: sound like they said that they uncovered some correspondence that proves that basically those people were like, yeah, we're going to run this scam and we'll cut you in. And he was like, cool.
4: I didn't know if that was accurate or not. Anyways, it's anyways, the point is, all of that is like it's like a Simpsons episode where the first like five minutes is just setting up the original, the actual story, (laughs) because then all of that is just, oh, and then the guy's like, oh, you got the house cheap eh? and you're trying to get rid of it. I could just buy it and leave my wife. And the guy's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll sell it to you cheap." They don't—they're smart enough not to age themselves by putting a number on it this time. Uh, so then that guy just go home, goes home and tells his wife, "Yeah, we're getting a divorce because I bought the Amityville house. So I'm going to go live there and, and become a full-time writer and write the great American novel." And she's like, "Well, I don't really agree to this." And he's like, "It doesn't fucking matter. I'm going." Yep. Yeah. So, so well,
1: to to be fair, I think they were separated
4: before. But he had to go back to the house to get his stuff, so they weren't that separated.
3: Well, I I think they were separated but still living in the same house and he was trying to get out of
1: the house. I don't even think they were living in the same house when he is talking with his uh lady coworker, mm-hmm. the photographer lady. Yeah. He said something about um do you know what the the something is in my apartment? And oh. when he goes to the house, it's a house. So my assumption is he's been living in an apartment because they're separated.
4: Oh, my assumption is that it's a poorly made film and that that's just a continuity error. Still
1: well, work. there is that too.
4: <laughs> so we'll see. We can, we, can, we can get into a lot of discussions about what's a continuity error and what's a a change in the canon. Um,
3: Hold, hold on one second, guys. I have to hold this broomstick toward the camera (laughs) all right you you can continue now
4: (laughs) so then uh so then the the photographer is supposed to be coming to the house to work but she finds the house creepy and then later she dies in a car accident and it might be connected to the house we're not really i don't feel the film makes it clear if that's true or not (laughs) um
1: the evil trapped in her pictures and the pictures catch on fire in her car
4: Yeah, maybe I don't know. (laughs) It's um. Then we we have a whole subplot with the the guy who's bought the house. His daughter wants to come stay with him once in a while. It's it's
1: played by Aunt Becky.
4: Yeah, played by Aunt Becky. So she's uh she just wants to go stay with her dad once in a while. Now their parents are separated, but her mom's being a real bitch about it and saying no because the house is because other people got murdered in that house. So therefore, you're not allowed to go stay with your dad, which isn't really cool. Um, Oh shit Then there's like a bunch of nonsense Then suddenly the plot becomes All about her and her friends trying to sneak in there And do some shit So you think like oh this is going to be a whole movie about uh, the The teenagers get stuck In the house and they're getting killed by the house But that only lasts for a few minutes And then the daughter is eventually killed in a boating accident on the lake. Again, still not entirely sure if that's related to the house or just a coincidence. She just fell off the boat off camera, so we have no idea what happened. (laughs) (laughs) But conveniently, her spirit, which is now a visible glowing ball, which can float towards the camera, is now going to... live in the house, and so now the mom I think moves in. I think the mom flat out moves in to the her divorced husband's new house that she didn't want her daughter to even visit, and is living there because she thinks her daughter's spirit is floating around. So then they call in a scientist guy that we've alluded to a couple other times in the movie, and now the movie's about him bringing in a whole camera crew trying to track down the spirit of the daughter and accidentally yeah. uncovering that there's evil living in this world the well in the basement that wasn't there in previous movies.
1: Um, well, it was there. there. It was well, just a different spot.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's always some kind of portal to hell in the basement. It just seems to randomly it, change shape,
4: shape, location, size. Yep. It, it didn't used to a- be a accurate. Well, but now it is a well. <laughs> like, so, anyways, he goes down. So basically,
1: there so basically, the end of this movie just turns into the end of Poltergeist, where they bring in all the paranormal experts.
4: Right, and then except that in poltergeist they led up to that as part of the plot, and this it just fucking happens like that. <laughs> did,
3: did we mention that
4: fucking Meg Ryan's in this
3: movie for some reason? Uh-huh,
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> That's weird, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, she just kind of disappears too after Anna Becky. Yeah, uh, she plays it.
4: Yeah, she's like kind of
3: well, wanders off.
4: That whole like she's yeah she's kind of a semi-main character for a while, and then just disappears, and then at that point we find out that there's an actual demon. That is um, <laughs> living in that well, and it shows up as like, just a physical being and has a wrestling match with the scientist, and they both fall down the well, and then the house blows up.
1: And,
4: and I, you're the, the,
1: the, the demon spits fire into the scientist's face, And burns yeah, well, half of his face. Out. I didn't
4: get it. I didn't oh, get it hold into
3: hold on, guys. On hold point. on, guys. I have to hold this weird looking fly toy on a stick in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, continue <laughs> uh,
2: uh,
4: Yeah, so the house blows up And Yeah So I guess
1: Dino De Laurentiis was like Well, I guess we're done with these movies So let's just blow the house up
4: Apparently that was the logic, I don't know So kind of weird because of how The movie is never really about anything It starts off being about the These guys busting these people for running fake seances Then it becomes about this guy moving into the house and it shit going weird but not necessarily connected to the house like nothing really weird happens in the house the way it has in previous movies um later it becomes about the teenagers going into the house again not sure if that what goes wrong with them is connected to the house or not um and eventually it becomes about these scientists trying to come into the house and then apparently the whole plan was if we can get this demon on film then we can fist fight it and make the house blow itself up and it worked out. So I can't imagine you guys have any complaints about this film.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> not, <laughs> great. <It's> not great. Not <laughs>
4: great. The thing is, like, they had the, their idea. Okay, so put aside the 3D gimmick stuff. Like, I don't know if you guys tried to catch the Frisbee or speak into the fucking boom <laughs> mic that they stuck into the camera. None of that really sucked me in. But whatever, it was the 80s and 3D was a thing. I, can I feel like they, did,
1: they didn't have nearly as much fun with it, like, if you watch Friday 13 part three, it's completely ridiculous, but I feel like they're at least like in on the they, joke.
4: They're doing more fun things with it. It's like, yeah. it's a yo-yo coming at the guy's face yeah. and the, it comes right at the, at the camera it is more fun than somebody yeah. tosses a frisbee. And it kind of looks like it's
3: coming towards yeah. you. Like, I, I, it, one of the big differences is if you make a, a like a decent movie, that has 3D gags in it, then those 3D gags are a little easier to forgive. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's nothing but 3D gags. Like they—they they were like, we don't—we don't give a shit about making a movie. We just want to hurry up and get to the next thing that goes into the camera.
4: But it, there's some truth to that, but the other side of it is when, like, when they had the fucking the the photographer girl and she's like I, I have to get away from this house so I'm going to drive my car like a crazy person and then the car crashes and like yeah it's the the 3D gag of the thing coming through the windshield and stuff fine but the car crashes and she survives that but then the fucking fire starts and then she tries to put the fire out and it catches on her coat and I'm like this is some Final Destination shit that's a really fun scene to watch it just doesn't make any sense in the context of the movie whatsoever like none like and it certainly doesn't make sense as part of this series which is supposed to be about this house possessing people right it's all very strange
3: well and they ruined it too so like that that scene's pretty good with her catching on fire and then you know the kind of whole thing goes up and you kind of see her hand you know clawing at the glass i was like okay this is actually kind of horrific i'm into it
4: once that car is like fully engulfed in flames it's really cool looking and gory and i like
3: it right and then for some reason the fire goes out and the dude who's driving the truck checks on her, and there's a pretty cool-looking, grizzly burnt-ass skeleton husk. Yep. I was like, all right, that's pretty cool-looking. And then, of course, it immediately goes, ah, toward the camera, and I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> you guys were doing so good. You guys were doing so good. And then you had to pull some fucking nonsense that doesn't make any sense like that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoosh, and the car goes back up in flames again for no reason. It's like, what in the fuck is going on right now?
4: Yeah, you're, you're correct about all that.
3: <laughs> I don't, um,
2: I
4: don't, you're right. It made no sense that that body lunged towards the camera other than they wanted it to. Um, um, and they, it was like foreshadowing for later when that body seems to come out of the well for some reason. But I don't know how it got down there or whatever. So
1: I have to ask the same question I asked last week. Okay. Uh so do you feel this is a sequel to Amityville War?
4: I feel it's a sequel to the Amityville 2: The Possession. Yeah, it is at least a sequel to 2. Which is problematic because if you're going to be they make multiple references to 2 in the dialogue and then it's like okay, if you're making all these references to 2, probably the portal to hell should still be under the stairs where it was last movie. <laughs> Not just out in the middle, like it's just a well out in the middle that has a couple of boards over it. And they actually have a character say in dialogue, like, I didn't know that was there because it had a couple of boards over it. Although (laughs) it's like with everything that's gone on, you didn't know there was a giant well uncovered in the middle of the floor. I,
3: I would also have to say, I have to assume it is also a sequel to the first movie because everybody's referring to it as a haunted house, not just the house that that dude killed his family in. And if they're all calling it a haunted house, you have to assume that the the next movie had happened because those are the assholes that wrote the book and stuff.
4: Yes, that's true. But to be fair, right. they, they they flat out refer to it as the Amityville house a few times. <laughs> so it's like maybe they just have all seen the other movies and it's just it just looks like that house, so it's developed a nickname. It's hard to say.
1: Okay, well, number one, what, uh, what references from the second one did you guys pick up on?
4: Mostly just them discussing the murders and stuff. It seemed like... Okay. I mean, I don't have well, a there, there were the flies. Bad flies.
1: There's yeah. the flies. Well, they refer to the DeFeo mur- murders, correct? I
3: don't... Right. Cause it, well, she's talking about him walking around killing people with a shotgun. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, the DeFeo murders is what happened in real life. But the last name of the people in the second movie, which was supposed to be a prequel was not DeFeo. It was like something with an M or something.
4: But maybe when the brother and sister got married, they changed it to DeFeo. It seemed weird when she took <laughs> the his <law>. last name. <laughs>
1: that's true. Uh, so that whole thing's weird. So that all depends on if 2 is actually a sequel or a prequel or how they'd fucking define it, because that's so fucked up. Okay? And then... <laughs> second point uh so apparently after the second one came out uh George Lutz was really mad oh, yeah? because they did the movie about the murders that happened before he moved in the house so they were able to cut them out of any sort of uh profit sharing
4: oh that's actually a personal move by Dino
1: so he the George Lutz sued Dino and whatever MGM or whatever so, the third one legally is not a sequel. To either one of the first two movies, it is a sequel to Real Life. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so in in this movie's universe, the Amityville Horror is a movie, and it, yes, it is based off of the Lutz's whatever bullshit. But they never mentioned the Les family, because if they did, they'd have to pay them.
4: Wait, so... Fuck fuck them. When I jokingly said a few minutes ago that they call it the Amityville House because they've all seen the other movie, I was right? Yes. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was being sarcastic.
1: And that's why it's not called the Amityville Horror 3. It's just called Amityville 3.
3: But Amityville 2 is called Amityville 2.
4: Yeah. It's not called the Amityville Horror 2 either. Are you sure? Yeah, yep. I'm pretty sure.
1: Uh, well, Bill either way.
4: Maybe they were trying that shit then and they were just trying to even distance this one further. Alright, so way. I love either the way, fact that they cut him out of this,
3: the second movie, but they were really <laughs> mad about the third movie. <laughs>
1: um so well yeah, whatever. But so what they what they did is there is, the, the, there is a reporter, um, a different name, who apparently wrote a book called The Amityville Conspiracy, which basically was seeking to say that uh, the entire Amityville thing was a fraud. Which it was. And so they based this guy as a reporter off of that guy.
4: So then did that guy have to sue Dino?
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
4: Who sued Dino over this movie? I know somebody sues him over almost every fucking. movie.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so their their workaround was basically, okay, well, this isn't a sequel to the Amityville movies one and two. This is this is a sequel to real life, and yeah, it's supposed to be this sort of meta weird sort of nonsense.
3: Like basically, just to
1: avoid paying Lutz's money.
3: I like the fact that they based the movie off a real-life guy who made his living debunking uh, bullshit ghost stories, and they turned his story into a bullshit ghost story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he never bought the house and lived in it or anything, but they're just like, let's take that guy. Say so he moves into the house, well, and then weird shit happens.
4: See, the thing is there's there's good ideas there. The idea of a reporter who debunks bullshit ghost stories and then he moves into the house and becomes the central character in a ghost story that's a neat idea you know like you could you could do something with that i mean they didn't do anything with that but they could have you know it was just it was just weird how when they got into the movie they didn't seem to have they didn't seem to have a story in mind as much as they had a collection of smaller stories. It's like an anthology yeah. of things that happen around this house. Like this lady visited the house and then got in a car accident on the way home. This girl brought her friends to the house and then went for a boat ride and fell out. <laughs> now she's a glowy <laughs> ball. And it's like, I, now, and parts of it were well made though, right? Like that that part where Aunt Becky comes in and she's soaking wet and her mom's there for some reason. And follows her up the stairs, but then at the same time, the dad is like tending to her actual body outside. That was I think really well done. It's just not consistent with anything else that went on in the movie
3: i'm I'm actually a pretty I'm a pretty big fan of the scene where the uh the sink in the bathroom starts blowing out super steam, and he's trying to shut off the super steam and it has the walls on wheels sliding in,
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. And I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. That's a super shitty effect, even even for back then. Like, but I get what they were going for in the scene, and I think it's a cool scene. Uh, oh, you
1: of, mean you mean the scene where all the walls change, and then he never notices, and then
3: right? So right. basically, he, that whole that he, whole he finishes, scene is for nothing. Yeah, he finishes, <laughs> stands up, and walks out the room, which is now one one third of the side. That it was whenever he started and doesn't notice
4: somehow,
1: <laughs> <laughs> isn't scared by it. It does not do anything to move the plot forward. Because just... he's
4: no, nothing does anything to move the plot forward. That's not that's not the point of this movie. <laughs> no, but those walls in 3D probably moved, look like they're moving right in on you. So,
3: right, and that's 100 percent what it was. It was another <laughs> 3D gag.
1: Oh, I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's all this movie is terrible
4: but again there's so much potential here it's just if they had tried to make a good movie there's some good ideas there's some good special effects that monster thing at the end was kind of fun that spit fire in the face of the fucking
3: yeah why did we get a whole fucking movie of fish demon fire breathing fish (laughs) demon's a cool thing
4: yeah like you could make you could make take any one of these plot threads and you could make a good movie out of it and instead they just jammed them all into a shitty movie (laughs) and it's like i can't I, i can't say i didn't enjoy watching this movie in the sense that there was enough of those moments that i liked over the course of the runtime but I I feel like it, it was just what, like watching one of those like YouTube compilations of scenes more so than watching a movie. And I kept waiting to figure out like I'm like who's the main character in this movie? What is the through plot of this movie? And I don't have an answer to that. And I watched the whole thing. <laughs> like the the dad slash reporter guy, he's got the most screen time of anybody in the movie, but would you call him a main character i mean he has very limited interactions with the ghost things and he is he's more just there so that the people around him like he's like the he draws in the other people so that they'll have problems with the house he has a problem but it's just a broken elevator in his office building and i'm not sure if that's connected to the house in any way or not because <laughs> why would the house screw with the elevator in his office building i don't get it
1: yeah none of that makes any sense whatsoever <laughs>
4: It is kind of funny when he goes stumbling out of the elevator and I liked the, it was the very 80s moment where the, the, they're like, he's like just, the elevator just like tossed him all over the place and he comes out and he's just like trying to sit down and they're immediately trying to convince him not to sue. They're like, do you want to see the proof that it was inspected last week? And he's like, no, can I maybe get a glass of water instead? <laughs> just got the shit kicked out of me by an elevator. I'd, I'd like to wait to discuss this with my attorney at a later date.
1: Um, I like the scene where they make up a, uh, uh, their own Ouija board with a bunch of scraps of paper. Yeah. And then of course, as you would expect, the shit kind of goes crazy. Um, and then the glass starts moving on its own, but they're all sitting around and everybody's like, Oh, you, you're totally pushing it. You're pushing it. And they all take their fingers off, except for Aunt Becky. And then the glass goes flying across the room. But she only had, like, her little index finger on it. And they're like, oh, you totally pushed it. I'm like, did you see how hard that glass f- flew across the room? I think Aunt Becky has enough power in her
4: Aunt,
3: fucking
1: Aunt, index finger.
4: Aunt Becky's been learning stage magic. <laughs> I yeah, felt man. like that maybe that was, like, just a little callback to the previous movie where the dad <laughs> lost his mind on people for... <laughs> knocking down mirrors that they were 100 yards away from at the time. <laughs> I thought maybe it was connected to that. Yeah, this is a bad movie. Oh, it's not yeah. good. No one's arguing it's a good movie. It's bad.
3: Yeah. it's bad. It's bad. It's bad from the opening credits to the end credits, and that's a pretty difficult thing to do.
4: <laughs> yeah. Again, lots of fun moments, though. And it makes me wish those fun moments were in a good movie.
3: Yeah, I would say, you know what this movie would be great for? If you were having a Halloween party and you had a bowl full of 3D glasses and an actual 3D copy of this movie. for Just to put on in the background on the TV while everybody is uh, drinking and cramming their face full of candy. This would be a great movie for that because there's no plot to follow and occasionally neat things happen. But mostly it's just dumb 3D gags. I mean, at the beginning of the movie, they do that thing where there's like twigs or branches or something that rattle in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And I think they do it 20
4: times. Uh, I don't know. It was hard for me to tell watching like just the YouTube copy what was a 3D gimmick and what was just, you know, poor picture quality that I was staring at. Yeah, it
3: was all gimmicks.
4: Yeah. The, the one... The one where they, like after the, the whoever those scientists guys were showed up at the end, and they were recording sound, and they stick the boom mic towards the camera, and I'm like, what? The boom mic? That's what you're gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not gonna have somebody look through the camera, and like something's running towards the camera or something? No, you're gonna do boom mic towards. Them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the audience is gonna try to talk into it? What's the fun of that of That gag? <laughs>
1: So, I did some research, and there was actually never a home release in the United States of a 3D copy of this movie. Oh, no. Apparently, there was on DVD in the UK, but um, then when Scream Factory put out, because they put out, like, a box set of the first three, they did do an up-converted uh, 3D version for 3D TVs. Okay. But none of the old school red and blue 3D, which is a bummer.
4: That's unfortunate, because I'm not buying a 3D TV to watch this movie. so no. Remember when that was going to be a thing, 3D TVs?
1: Yeah. Or some people who bought, completely bought in on it, too, and then... Oh, yeah. They, they were like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore, and they kind of were like, but I bought all these 3D movies, and my 3D TV just broke, so I need a new one.
4: Like, nope. No, you don't. Yeah,
3: sorry about that. You take your 3D
4: movies and you put them in a pile over there with your HD DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) You should have asked yourself, are
3: they making 3D TV pornos? Because if not, don't (laughs) buy that
4: technology.
1: You always got to follow the porno.
4: Follow the porn. If you guys weren't right, I'd correct you, but I I think you just nailed it
2: there.
1: That's how it always goes. Every time there's a new format, especially dueling formats. Beta versus uh, VHS, HD DVD versus Blu-ray, whichever direction porn goes, that's the that's the dominant dominant format from that point forward.
4: It's super weird that that worked in the HD DVD versus Blu-ray debate because by that time everyone had the internet.
1: So yeah. How, how
4: did porn still maintain that power? I don't get it.
1: I think at that point. Some
3: people need full length HD porno, Doug.
4: I'm i not judging. Whatever.
1: I think at that point, tube sites hadn't uh, picked up yet. Like porn and Pornhub. And...
3: Well, that's true. I think we were still on 2G back then. Yeah. Which you could download porn, but it was super low resolution. Take a long time.
1: I think it's a knee. I don't know what that is.
3: Uh
1: Alright. Anything else about Amityville 3D?
4: <laughs> well, we have been talking about that for a while.
3: Let's be
1: honest. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's probably... Yeah. I, I'm going to have to say... Not a
4: recommend. <laughs> no. Again, in Good. the exact right circumstances, I think it could be fun to watch. The circumstances may involve alcohol. Um But yeah it's not it's not a good movie it just has some fun
3: moments yeah and arguably not enough fun moments versus dumb shit
1: oh Uh, oh, the one thing i was gonna bring up that i forgot is i love i do love the seance at the very beginning how they use all these like movie uh like visual effects and shit like the the green thing coming at the screen and stuff as they're having the the uh, seance yeah. And then as soon as they bust out the cameras, it goes from fantastic 1980s movie visual effects to a guy in a black suit carrying carrying fucking cotton balls on a fucking string yeah. running through the room. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're telling me that that was that green, the green blo- floating ball in the air. Obviously, just... the
4: flash from the camera exposed him. Okay, so I guess that must be what happened. It's the only logical thing. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah.
1: All right. I, uh, I'd also like to okay. know, like,
4: is there a scam that, like, to, you rent that house and you put in all those effects? How much are you charging for those seances? Like, is that a is that a valid scam? Are you gonna make a lot of money doing that? It seems like a lot of work for. Nothing. I don't
3: know. There's there seems to be a whole lot of Con artists like that that make a lot of money doing it.
4: But I, like, I don't know. I always just assume, I don't, again, I, remember, I don't go to these things, but I always assume if you go behind the curtain at like the fair, it's just one person with a card table and a fancy uh, outfit and not a bunch of special effects and guys with cotton balls on sticks and things.
3: Yeah, but usually the people who are doing all those special effects and stuff are the type of people that are going to be like, if you pay me $2,000 you can speak to your dead child. Yeah,
4: that's a good point. I will.
3: Yeah, they're garbage people.
4: Garbage people!
3: Moving on!
1: Uh, Yeah, Noah. Noah, do you want to tell us about the horror show, a.k.a. House 3?
3: Okay, so... Uh, the horror show which was not house three which was then sold in europe as house three in an attempt to bank on those big big follow-up house two dollars
1: (laughs) well i actually doing doing some reading i'd found that it's a little bit different but continue and i'll get into it
3: uh so you've got lance hendrickson who is a cop who uh hunts down a notorious uh cleaver serial killer guy. Oh man, played, played Byron by James, Breck. is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who uh you may know as big balding redheaded spooky guy and or big bald red haired funny guy, depending on which movie he's in <laughs> at any given moment. <laughs> In this in this movie, they're kind of trying to go for both, uh, and he plays a Freddy Krueger esque shit talking murderer. Uh,
1: oh, now he's very obviously a Shocker
3: ripoff. Yeah,
4: that's if you're
3: yeah, gonna. He's just... kind of like if Freddy Krueger and Shocker had
4: a baby. Well, okay. So, in the interest of fairness, Shocker is kind okay. of a Freddy Krueger ripoff. No, totally. That's so,
1: true. so I concede your point.
3: That's true. so at the beginning of the movie we get all this great fucking horror stuff with fucking cop heads and shit and deep fryers it's fucking <laughs> dope Uh, his partner gets his arms chopped off that's fucking cool then of course guy gets electrocuted and uh, weird shit starts to happen as he's being haunted by what we think is a ghost but then it turns out it's not a ghost it's this dude has been practicing transubstantiating himself using electricity. Is that what was going on? Yeah.
4: Yeah. He was, I was, pri- ask he you was guys.
3: practicing to get better at it.
1: I mean, it's he was basically sitting at the, same, the same
3: himself.
1: thing. Yeah. Basically the same thing from shocker. Yeah. If you remember, he just did some weird voodoo ritual while hooked up to electricity.
4: Yeah. But shocker, like they went with, you know, voodoo magic. Which I'm like, okay, that's fine, but then this one, it was like I didn't understand because sometimes he was a ghost, but sometimes he wasn't a ghost, and I, I could never figure it no. out.
3: No, no, you see, if you practice getting electrocuted, then you can handle taking so much electricity that that you can transcend to another plane of existence outside of the material plane. I don't know if that's, that's, that's literally that's literally the explanation they give.
4: All right yeah, I, I guess. But, uh,
1: so does it really matter? Come on.
4: So, well, it mattered to me because I couldn't understand what was happening in the movie as I was watching it, and that was becoming frustrating. It's, yeah, it's a little confusing. Sure. So he has a daughter, and his, her,
3: his daughter has her boyfriend in the basement who she's planning on fucking later. So yeah. like he's just supposed to chill out in her basement for a while. and weird ghost, not ghost electro zombie man pops out and and hacks him up with a thing and uh, Lance Hendrickson gets blamed for it and everyone immediately turns on him.
4: Yeah, they immediately go, Hero Cop,
3: Yeah, just just on a fucking dime. Especially the daughter, who literally answered a phone call from the boyfriend and then walked downstairs to find his corpse. So she should know something's wrong (laughs) something doesn't add up.
4: No, they all, they all, it's... This is one of the weirdest movie tropes is that uh, like a hero cop can just as soon as a body is found they'll immediately blame the hero cop as it's it's like the opposite of the real world where cops get defended no matter what they're like no 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 in movies we always blame the cops yeah it's a very strange thing and it doesn't make any sense and it's fine it was the well,
1: did you not put together why he was a suspect cuz
4: he didn't want that guy to fuck his daughter
1: well obviously but then she thought he was hiding down in the basement and she heard her dad go down to the basement and start yelling yeah, stuff about, not my daughter, ghost. whatever. Cause he was talking to the ghost, but she thought he was talking to her boyfriend. And Then after that conversation, her boyfriend goes missing and then his body is found in the basement. So puzzle yeah. pieces
3: yeah. loosely yeah, so... put
1: together equal he killed him because he was mad. Cause he was going to fuck his daughter.
3: So Lance Hendrickson breaks out of prison and of course runs back Very to his easily. home. Yeah. He he goes back home to his family who hates him and thinks that he's a murderer to save them from a uh, shocker ghost man. Uh and his children get brutally murdered, and then the wife kind of gets taken, and then somehow we travel through space and time back to the <laughs> same Random warehouse with platforms that all '80s movies take place in, uh, and he this stops. Is where,
1: this is where I think the Freddy logic comes in. You just sort of assume that he is crossed over into whatever,
4: right? Whatever like I-
1: dimension this guy is sort of in charge no. of.
4: I, look, yeah. I think I think the listeners do better, and you guys should offer a more detailed and proper explanation for what was going on.
3: Yeah. And so, it's not just because
4: I don't understand and I'd like you to explain it to me. It's because oh, okay. I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: and, and then so they re they they murder him by re electrocuting him, which apparently is the trick. You like when somebody uh, becomes a super ghost through electricity. All you have to do is electrocute them yeah. again, and That's that that un- that undoes it.
4: It's Friday the Thirteenth, Part Six. Logic. You drown him in the same lake where you drowned the first time.
3: Uh and then somehow the the son and daughter are okay again. So I guess that was that wasn't real. That was a nightmare. But the but the boyfriend being murdered was real?
1: Well, I think the illusion of the kids being dead was just to draw him in to chase him because he still had his wife.
3: Which is fine. But where are the kids the, then?
4: They're telling me it's fine, but I'm not sure it's even fine. <laughs> Can um, we
3: talk about the freaky turkey scene? Because that's <laughs> By- Byron James turns into a creepy Freddy Turkey. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty awesome.
3: It's pretty awesome. So, so here's, so here's, this was the one that I said is mostly awesome. So this movie starts off so fucking good because mm-hmm. it starts off cheesy and bloody and violent and it's got like fucking lance hendrickson in it and fucking byron james and i was like yeah (laughs) this is this is all that stuff that i want in a movie and then the middle of the movie's real fucking boring but then it kind of comes back because then we get weird like byron james turkey and uh him raping and or not
2: raping the daughter
3: we don't know and, and, and then turning into a weird ghost baby that, that then destroys <laughs> he ins- her from the inside out? I don't... He,
1: the word, to believe he inseminated her? With,
3: with himself?
4: himself?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah, see, this is where I feel like all the dream logic comes in.
4: But see, they have... I feel that it's the responsibility of the filmmakers to let us know that there's going to be dream logic in the film before they just start doing it like don't just assume that we have seen other West Craven movies and that we know which ones you're ripping off at individual moments in your movie
1: so you're yeah. saying the the turkey scene where he is seeing the Byron James turkey and then everybody dead and then everybody's fine and the turkey's fine wasn't enough to clue you in on the fact that there's going to be some weird hallucinatory Okay, I just shit? listened
4: to you guys go on for like several minutes trying to explain the ending of the last hour of this movie, basically. And you were uh, incapable of doing it. So don't turn around <laughs> and act like it's my fault that I couldn't follow the logic of this movie. I'll tell yeah,
3: you. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on your can... side. The, the rules, like if, if you're going to do supernatural horror, I'm a firm believer that one of two things needs to happen. There either needs to be a firm establishment of the rules or there needs to be no rules at all. But you need to know that. It's the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, like, no,
4: like you can establish there are no rules. That's fine. But they don't establish any of that. They don't yeah. like it's all they tell us is that he somehow can survive being like lit on fire in an execution because he practiced being electrocuted. Well that doesn't get us to dream world. Like that doesn't make sense. I
1: I don't know. I didn't think I, too much about it.
4: I, I, To me, this is actually worse than the other movie. Um, same. Ouch. I'm going to say, that wow, the same, the same basic problems of the plot didn't make any sense. It was more like a series of different little things that went on. Like it's got the same. I'll give it the same compliments. There's a few fun gore moments and crazy, just wacky special effects moments, which I'll agree are good. But then lots of boring time, lots of just, it just didn't make any fucking sense. It's a terrible movie. And by the way, both of its names are stupid, because it's clearly not House 3, it has nothing to do with the House series, and the horror show is a stupid name for this movie too, that doesn't make any sense either.
1: Oh, to be fair, House 1 and 2 had very little to do with each other either.
4: Well, they were both about a house at least. This isn't even about a house. <laughs> I don't even really it, the climax they leave the house to go to the weird fucking yeah. whatever you said where they can do the commando thing and jam him into the <laughs> into the electricity.
3: I, I was gonna say, I I will say this. So if Lance Hendrickson was not the lead of
4: this movie, this would be a way worse movie. Sure, but how much of that I agree with that how much of that is what he does in this movie, and how much of that is just the fact that you love Lance Hendrickson?
3: Well, no, I think it's I think it's the fact that Lance Hendrickson can fucking carry a fucking movie on his shoulders like a goddamn Olympian. Yeah, I don't know. He's just that great. Like But I
4: just don't know if he's doing that in this movie. I don't think he does anything special in this movie at all. It's I don't know. He's
3: just so charismatic. I don't know.
4: Yeah, well, and, and I think, again again, yeah, like you you just like that guy, which is which is fine, but it's not as if he does anything in like you watch Near Dark. Like, yeah, he's Lance Hendrickson, and he's got that charisma and whatever, but he's also delivering, like, an amazing performance. Here, he's just reading lines off cue cards, and you're just uh, projecting your love for that actor onto whatever he does.
3: Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Although there are Lance Hendrickson movies I don't like.
4: Well, he's been in 87,000 movies, so there's bound to be a few.
3: I I just mean, I think my my biggest complaint of the movie is they come in swinging hard with like this, this hard R gore horror movie. And I was so fucking excited for that. And then that turns out not to be what this movie is. They just came in hard and then put the brakes on all that shit. And that's no bueno you can't you can't tease you can't tease me with with fucking cops and deep friars and armless dudes and and then spend the rest of the movie with daughter trying to fuck her boyfriend in the basement
4: yeah no i I agree with what you're saying those are very very um apt points but my my thing is it also doesn't make any goddamn sense and that's yeah like I, you combine all that shit you end up with a, what's called a, a bad movie. That's the term I would use to describe this movie. So
3: I suppose but but arguably I think as long as you make as long as you make the movie entertaining enough, it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense.
4: Sure, but this movie doesn't even get close to that. You said this movie's got like a giant boring part in the middle. It d- I- it does have a big boring hole in the middle.
3: But it starts pretty strong and it ends pretty strong and so i'm forgiving it. i'm forgiving it it's weird shitty middle could be better not the best movie but but it's all right I, I feel like if if i hated this movie for all of its nonsense i would have to hate phantasm for all of its nonsense fair point
4: that's yeah i'm not a fan of phantasm so oh oh <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck Things have gone yeah. awry. You didn't see that coming, did you? Quit. Um, I quit the show. No, just... <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't. I feel like a movie, again, has to make some sort of logical sense to be a, a good movie. We, we trashed the last movie for basically not making any goddamn sense. And we were right to do so but it seems unfair that we're just going to forgive this movie for all the so you same say, basic crimes. You I arguably, you say it, I think this one
3: makes more sense than the other. Yeah,
1: So one. you say this movie doesn't make sense. I feel like it makes perfect sense to me. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me nearly as much.
3: Yeah. I think it makes sense. It just doesn't have well-established rules.
4: Well, see, that's, then how can it make sense? I don't understand how you can combine say those. Well, two
3: because things. the story the story's got like an A B C plot. Like there's it there's a straight through here. We can all understand that serial killer became weird Electro Ghost, Lance Hendrickson fights electro ghost, Electro Ghost is beaten. Like that's that's a plot. Unlike the previous movie, which was just this happens and this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and this happens, then this, this happens, end of movie.
4: I, I mean, I, I no, I, I don't, I don't agree with that point. I don't think that this this plot makes much more sense than the other one did. Like, I mean, we could say the other movie. You could say, well, guy moves into house, things start to go awry, they fight the beast that in the basement that's causing things to go awry. Therefore, that plot makes sense too. You could choose to simplify it, but at the end of the day, I don't think either of these movies made any goddamn sense. And we probably shouldn't be watching them because it's not a good use of our time.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, like I said, I don't regret watching the horror show. I think no. I preferred the other one. I, I do regret, said. I do regret watching the other one. I, I had to split it in two and watch half and then, like, a day later watch the other half because it was so insufferably boring that I don't think I could have tolerated sitting through the entire movie at once.
4: Again, I just thought, at best, I'd say these movies are on par with each other. so Which is really weird that now we're debating which one of these movies would like. <laughs> because
3: there's no connection
4: between these two movies whatsoever.
3: I can but say the know. first movie didn't have any cops and deep fryers.
4: This movie didn't it is, have
1: any it is a fair point. cars. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I just had more fun
4: with the few good moments in the other movie than I did with this, and that's what it's come down to. Yeah, I suppose again, so. not at all arguing that either of these is really. I'm not suggesting that people should be spending their time watching these movies. Yeah. I think
3: this one, this one, might have also earned extra points with me because it's been a long time since I saw a movie with fucking Byron James in it. Well.
4: Yeah, fair enough. And, like, you could just sit there again and just say, similar to Lance Henriksen, like, okay, it doesn't really matter if he's doing anything good in this movie. You just kind of inherently like that guy. So that's fine. Like, and that's perfectly acceptable to say that. But uh, from an objective standpoint, again, is is this a good performance from him? Uh, well, I could definitely
3: say it's not his
4: best. Right.
1: No, we all know that's Tango and Cash.
3: You motherfucker. No, just... <laughs>
1: Um. Alright, so the weird thing is I saw this movie when I was younger and it was on cable and then I found out later about the House 3 connection and was like, what? That movie is technically House 3?
4: It's so weird that they did that because it doesn't make any goddamn sense.
1: So I was doing some research on it because I had always heard that, yeah, it wasn't related and then for some reason they decided let's market it as house three overseas for whatever like Noah said to to buy into that house money which sure um but then when I was doing research this time I actually sort of read the opposite which was that this was supposed to be house three and MGM decided Well, let's just start over with something fresh and drop the house three part of it and we'll just do this as a standalone movie, but then it still got marketed as house three overseas. And I kind of see that. I think that may actually be the way they went with it because if you look at it, it's produced by Sean Cunningham, like the first two movies. It's still got a lot of the same production people. Harry Manfredini comes back to do the music. And so I sort of feel like that's probably what the way they ended up going with it. That it was supposed to be House 3. They decided to drop it. So they refigured the script a little bit to make it not House 3. And then for some reason overseas, they were still like, nah, it's House 3.
4: I don't know. I don't like the way you said refigured the script a little bit. Like, threw the script in the garbage and went and got a different script and started from scratch. <laughs> like, I cannot conceive of how you turn this into a house movie. I can't conceive of how you turn this into a comedy. I can't conceive of how you fucking make this about people fighting demons in a house. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I
1: don't know. Just telling so, you what I read.
4: I mean, I, I would accept it if you said, like, yeah, like they got the group together, said we're going to make house three, and then they like, we don't like this script, and it's like, fine, just make this other movie instead. Then, now that you've got a crew of people who are capable of making movies together, you might as well just make this other movie that we want made.
1: And that, yeah, so that's so,
4: so, acceptable to me, but
1: yeah. So, it says, according to Sean S. Cunningham, the film was going to be named House Three, but the new distributor, MGM, wanted a fresh start with potential new series with a new iconic villain. So, the script was modified to reflect that new approach, and it was retitled The Horror Show. Of the U.S. That- theatrical release why the title House 3 was maintained for the non-U.S. market.
3: I know I read that a bunch of places, that they really, really, really thought that, that Brian James serial killer character in this was going to, like, be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the hell they thought that. <laughs> ne- neither do I. Because I feel like that's lightning in a bottle stuff, you know what I mean? Like, The fact that Freddy works is a a total fucking fluke, if that makes sense. Especially past the first movie. It it blows my mind that it continued to work. And and arguably, Jason only continued to work because they kind of reconfigured him a bunch of times. So you could kind of keep it fresh. But even other big horror icons like Mike Myers, he's not very entertaining and how that's dare the,
1: you Austin Powers is great
3: <laughs> you know who I'm talking about but uh it's just the fact that like the first two movies you're like okay cool serial killer to mask but then like that wears out real fucking quick because he's just the big tall dude with a kitchen knife yeah
4: no there really aren't very many iconic horror characters who don't either get ruined or die out quickly and the idea that these guys thought they had stumbled across one is kind of strange. I also don't understand, like Okay, so it's not House Three anymore. Let's call it the horror show. Is it about a show? Not really. Uh I don't know. We're just gonna go with the random title? Yep. Alright.
3: Yeah,
1: that that title <laughs> makes no sense.
3: I feel like that title would make more sense if at some point Brian James had just screamed, Welcome to the horror show ah! and like killed somebody. <laughs> then you thought, okay. Well, that, fine.
1: <laughs> they said the name of the movie in the movie.
3: They they said the name of the movie in the movie. Sold. <laughs> uh,
1: also, connecting back to last week, uh, Brian James was doubled by Kane Hodder during some of the stunt set pieces. Oh, Really
4: nice. Yeah. That that makes as much sense as anything because they're kind of both these stocky guys. Kean was apparently in everything from the 80s that you just you just don't know because he was the stunt guy instead of the actor.
1: Uh, well, if anything, Doug, the writer, Alan, Alan Warner, um, decided not to have his name in the credits, so he opted for the Alan Smithy treatment.
4: Yeah, no, but on IMDb, they fucked him over. It says he's the writer, totally. then in brackets it says, as Alan Smithy, and I was like, well, why do you think he did that? He doesn't want you associating his name <laughs> with this.
3: Well, because I think I think what I read, he's he's the one who wrote the original script, right? Which they then said, no, we want this horror villain character in it. Yeah, probably. And seeing how the entire movie revolves around that, I'm assuming that rewrite was extensive.
4: Oh yeah, it's it's not a rewrite; it's a completely different script. I can guarantee it. Because how is this isn't about a house? How can it have been? It started out as a house. Like maybe there's some stuff like the guy turned into a turkey and some of the chopping up scenes and the whole like lance Henriksen's chest like ripping open scene maybe some of that was in the original script but the actual plot has nothing to do with other dimensions in, in the bedroom and
1: stuff like that Like we come to expect <laughs> from the house series well to be when fair they... the first two movies had other dimensions within the house as well
3: yeah so the scene where uh the the weird daughters impregnated with the horrible, uh, ghost face and late Hendrickson unbuttons his shirt and the wound has fully like opened and he's sitting there like rubbing his chest and the wounds moving. Yeah. Did either of you go, Oh no, this is going to go full video drone. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting ready. He's getting ready to shove something right into that chest vagina. <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: It actually didn't occur to me at the time, but I can see where that would happen. <laughs>
1: Should' have been should have somebody should have yelled out, "Long live the new friend, the new flesh,
4: right, yeah, that fucked me
3: up. I think I think videodrome may have permanently scarred me.
1: It's I don't know why you sense. would say that, uh so either way, this movie being called House Three caused so many problems um
3: <laughs> I love the fact too that then they released House Four, and everybody was like, Wait, what,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem, so yeah, then when they <laughs> made house House four. Uh, somebody was like, "Well, but we called this one House Three in the European markets. Well, we'll just call this one House Four, so nobody gets confused." And made it entirely confusing for pretty much
4: everyone. Yeah, yeah they they really solved the problem by just calling it House Four.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, and and I don't know what's up with the rights there's something screwy with the rights for um for this one in part 4 because arrow video actually put out a box set uh of all four house movies in the UK and over here they put out house 1 and 2 but we're not allowed to put out house 3 and 4 for whatever reason I don't know but you can pick up the uh the horror show version um, from Screen Factory, they put it out on Blu-ray. Okay.
4: Have you guys noticed that um, all these Hollywood movie maker type people, they fuck up everything they do, and yet somehow they <laughs> get to be rich for doing their jobs, and we don't get to be rich.
1: Right? Like, we don't get paid decent money to explain this shit to people so they know what, what's going on with House 3 and 4? It's like, God damn it. Like, we have to explain your fuck up to everybody. You should be paying us. Alright, anything else about House 3?
3: No. Uh, It's weird, but it's worth a watch.
2: Disagree. and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at mndriveinpod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
1: Anybody watch anything since last week? Yeah. You
3: watched. I'm not completely through it yet, but we started watching The Haunting of Bly Manor. As have we. Which is, you know, the follow-up to... uh, Haunting of Hill House.
1: What episode are you guys on? Eight. Uh, so ah, yeah, See, I think we're... I can't remember if we just watched five or if you're we ready to watch six. Some, somewhere in there. Five or six.
3: I was... I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I started to get a little worried halfway through it because I don't know if you know what this season's based off of. Yeah, But instead of being based off of one story, it's based off of, like, eight. They're all from the same author and all crammed together. And I was worried that, much like the movies we were watching today, that the the rules don't seem to universally apply. They keep changing between (laughs) different things. Which, I can't, I can't, th- that would have really pissed me off. Because I was like, ugh, I can't do this. I can't do a ghost movie if they can't keep the ghost rules straight. <laughs> but, uh, so far, that's not true. So, I think they, like, c- clarified it a few episodes later. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Okay, now I'm back on board again. But it's it's solid. I mean, I think it's just as solid as the first season. They just... I mean, as far as a ghost story and, and being in the format that it's in, I like the fact that they're, they're managing to do a different thing and still do it well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been seeing people complain about it, say it's not scary or something, but I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, number one, this is just a different beast than the first season, And I feel like both seasons are a lot of it is based on atmosphere. And I feel like it has pretty fantastic atmosphere in it.
3: Right. And I would argue the first season, I don't think it was scary until what? Like episode eight or nine or something like that.
1: I don't know. Ben, lady was, was pretty terrifying.
3: That's what I'm saying. But that's like episode 10. That's almost at the very end of the fucking season.
1: I don't know they have they have the bent neck lady all the way throughout I'm yeah, just saying in general just seeing her
3: yeah I suppose it's just those, those brief seconds and stuff I don't know I I thought the the first genuinely frightening moment of that series was the uh, the back seat scene but sure in which, holy fuck, that was good. <laughs> what, a smart, what a smart thing to slow play it for eight fucking hour-long episodes okay. and then just make you shit your pants with one big one. But yeah. so, so I,
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's just, it, it's its own thing, and I think people are just... Yeah. I feel like we've gotten to this point where if everybody's like, if it's not the best thing in the world, then it's
3: bad. Yeah, people, and, people are weird. Yeah, I would say it's it's a good story, with good characters, with good actors playing those parts, and that should that should just fucking be enough. You know, I I'm I'm a splatter fiend myself, and I still find it enjoyable.
1: You ever seen uh, the Innocents?
3: Not off the top the of my head.
1: Sixties. It's also based off Turning of the Screw. Ah, so I'm. I'm just curious to see, like, like we said, I still, we're, we're about halfway done, just to see if, uh, how, it, how they end up lining it up with the story and how that movie lined up with the story, just to see kind of how yeah. it plays out.
3: So apparently, I, I was unaware of this. So, the turning of the screw, were you aware that this is the 35th time it's been adapted to film?
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised.
3: That's insane. The thirty fifth time.
1: <laughs> well, considering considering one just came out last year with the kid right. from Stranger Things in it.
3: I don't know. That's just I just find that bonkers that one piece of writing could have been adapted that many times. Frankenstein hasn't had thirty five fucking versions. But uh, yeah, so it was good. Uh, and then I watched uh, Hubie Halloween, the new Adam Sandler mm-hmm. movie on Netflix. As did I. And As did I? I'm gonna say it. I liked it. It was fine. It was. It's in the same vein as, like, Ernest uh, scared stupid and shit. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of a dumb character. It's Halloween, and dumb character has to save the day.
1: Did you see the same... Uh, oh, no, you're not on Facebook. Uh, our friend Al Goro made that same point. He's like, okay, maybe it wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I feel like it's in line with... Ernest scared stupid and you know that's that's what i loved when i was a kid so well as i'm saying it's it's
3: it's just it's a zany character saving a holiday i don't get what what other people wanted
4: can i offer a counterpoint i was gonna gonna say
1: doug you've been awfully quiet the
4: movie the problem i have with the movie is not that it was a zany character it's not that he was saving a holiday it's that the movie was boring as shit and absolutely every performance, with the exception of Steve Buscemi, was completely phoned in. This was just Adam Sandler's buddies getting together to do a f- couple of fun little improv bits that they weren't good at. And I... the whole thing was just... It was literally just like... like At one point, Tim Meadows is sucking the thumbs of his own <laughs> thing and pretending that's sexy. It, it's stupid. It would... It's... <laughs> I would have turned off a Saturday Night Live <laughs> if that was one of the skits. I I, genu- I genuinely dislike this movie. I'll go back to not watching Adam Sandler
3: stuff. <laughs> yeah, you like that? No. I—I—I <laughs> I, I, I think I, you're dead inside, Doug. I really
4: genuinely disliked it. I and I like—I'll go back and I'll watch like old Adam Sandler stuff, and I will enjoy it. But. I just couldn't get into this at all. The only moments in this that I enjoyed in the least were the, uh, like I say, this, there was a couple of Steve Buscemi moments that were funny. He's he's a good solid actor, and there was a couple of callbacks to old Adam Sandler stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can enjoy I those say, callbacks. He,
1: he creates the Sandler verse.
4: Yeah, but I think that's going to hurt my enjoyment of the other movies more than increase my enjoyment of this movie. Uh, I I
3: don't know. I get, I, I get, I get that I you, I get it.
4: that you don't like it.
3: I thought it was funny.
4: I I, I, I almost turned it off, except I knew you guys would be watching it as well, and I wanted to be able to criticize it fairly.
3: And if I turned yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I just, it was maybe 15 minutes in, and I'm just like, uh oh, and then everything just got worse from there. Like I, I, just yeah, no love for this whatsoever. And they rely way too heavily on the one modern day slapstick gimmick that i hate which is like the dramatic like use of cgi to do the way too big of a fall that no human being could ever actually take to try to make it look like a cartoon character taking a fall and I'm, i don't like it when they do it once in a movie and they do it like 10 times in this movie so. uh
1: i think the phrase it was fine is exactly where i'm at like it's it's not amazing it's just
3: it was fine I'll tell you, do you want to know what the most disappointing thing I find about this movie is? Is that yeah. Adam Sandler's coming off of uh, Uncut Gems or whatever it was? <laughs> which, I mean, really, I feel like put him back in to the place where people could be like, oh, yeah, you know what? He actually can fucking act. What
1: the fuck are you doing, Doug? I don't know what he's
3: doing over there.
4: Sorry. are you okay Uh, yeah were you battling Uh, i was trying to move to a different position to see if my kids crying enough that i have to go deal with it oh gotcha you're fine but yeah we just we just like to
1: call noah out when it happens so i felt it was only fair that i call you out when
4: it's fair i don't even know what you guys heard because i thought i was being deadly silent
1: just (laughs) uh yeah just sounds like rustling
4: okay apologies but uh yeah.
3: I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was funny. I mean, I think most of it was only a little bit funny and there were a few moments that made me like really fucking laugh pretty fucking hard.
1: Oh, uh, the, uh, uncut gems thing. That's what you were talking about.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, just him coming off of that and, you know, being back in the position of everybody going, Oh, you know what? Adam Sandler can actually act. -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind and of funny. going
3: back and doing this.
1: Because you know. it seems like he does that a lot. Because he did that movie uh Funny People with Jed Apatow. Right. Where people were like, oh, shit, he's actually a pretty good actor. Like, he's telling the serious story, playing, like, he's sending up a version of himself where he's like, yeah, I know I do all these shitty movies, but they pay me a lot of money to do it. And then, you know, telling a serious story about it. And they're like, oh, okay, he knows. he know, He knows that. So now maybe he's, like, parodied that. Maybe he uh, won't do that anymore. And then he went and made Jack and Jill, like, right afterwards. <laughs> and right. it's like, oh, okay. Now he, he's still going to take the money that they're going to offer him to do all these really shitty, stupid movies. Fair enough.
4: Yeah, it's weird because it's like he has demonstrated several times that he's capable of doing something else. He's just clearly more interested in the easy paycheck getting to work with his
3: buddies. Right?
4: Well, uh, well that's what I was gonna Fair say. Enough, I think yes. I think he's I think he's got
3: enough money that he's only interested in having
1: fun. Oh, yeah I mean he's gone on record saying that they build they build the movies around where him and his friends can go on vacation. It's like yeah let's set this movie in Hawaii so we can all go shoot in Hawaii for three months.
3: Yeah. I will I will say Doug was right about one thing in which uh Steve buscemi's the best fucking part of this movie. <laughs> that shit. That shit's so fucking funny, it's ridiculous.
4: Yeah. But Steve Buscemi is generally speaking the best part of whatever movie Steve Buscemi's in.
3: So. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah.
4: I mean he's there and like the the I think the funniest moment in the whole movie was at the end when him and the Rob Schneider character are somehow tagging along with the cops and they come in and they're like, Everybody put your hands up and they're pretending to have guns. And I'm like, that's
3: there's
4: yeah. just some genius yeah. that everyone hold
3: your fire until my command <laughs> 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 oh, that's so funny I thought I don't know because like I said some of the jokes are dumb and some are funny the The thermos thing I felt like sometimes it was really funny and then other times you're just like oh come on the fucking it's just another thermos joke can we stop with thermos jokes
1: no, see, he did the classic, like, okay, it's funny. And then it's like, okay, now this is stupid. But then it comes back around to being funny again.
3: Right, right. And, oh, and I agree with that. Uh, I don't, it's, I don't same that. same thing with the <laughs> fact that every time he's riding down the street on his bike, people are throwing shit at him, and he's just kind <laughs> of, like, skillfully dodging it. And if you pay attention as the movie goes on, the stuff that they're throwing at him gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and, like, by the end, somebody throws a fucking cinder block at him. <laughs>
4: See, I think I would have enjoyed that if it was in a better movie. Like that one particular joke could have worked.
1: Uh, probably the best joke is the fact that his mom buys all of her shirts at a thrift store.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> check, out, check out my boners. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: shaved my balls for this. Yeah. yeah. So me and Noah say yay. Doug is a curmudgeon and says no.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Just... yeah if you're looking for something <laughs> dumb and funny, it's it's fine. No, take it out. Don't so okay. listen to Doug, Doug. Doug's dead inside.
4: There's dumber <laughs> and funnier
3: stuff. He died. He died inside long ago, and now he's some kind of weird electric ghost. let come on.
2: <laughs> it's not my fault that we haven't
3: discussed a good movie yet. Uh, and then the last thing I watched is I watched Vampires Versus the Bronx.
1: Oh, it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet.
3: Which is a made-for-Netflix movie, which I... So I enjoyed it for what it was. I I don't even know how to talk about it. So if you watch the trailer, you know what this movie's, like, about. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so fucking heavy-handed that the trailer cannot hide the metaphor of this movie. It's basically a bunch of affluent, evil, white vampires are moving into the Bronx and buying up people's businesses and people are disappearing. Like, hint, hint, wink, wink. If you know, if you catch my drift. But like I said, it's so fucking, it's so heavy handed with all of it. Then I don't know. It, it, I think it cut back on what, what it could have been. Cause it's smart. Like it's a smart premise, a smart idea. I like all the actors in it. I thought it was fun. Cause it's kind of like a uh, kids on bikes movie, but for like poor, uh, poor kids of color in <laughs> New York city, instead of affluent white kids in the fucking suburbs. If, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it could have it could have been better if they hadn't have uh I don't know, like like I said, they they everything is so fucking face value in this movie when they came up with such a great fucking metaphor that I don't something about that pisses me off. It pisses me off that somebody came up with such a great idea of how to express something and and then just proceeded to heavy-handedly Shit all over it. You know what I mean. Yeah. It feels. It feels like the director of the movie is sitting next to you in a theater, nudging you and just going, "Huh? Huh? Yeah? Huh? Huh? You get it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you you get it? The vampires are white. You get it? Huh? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I, I get it. Everybody has to buy organic toast now because the white vampires are here. Because because they're white, I get it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like I said, it's it's perfectly enjoyable. I just think it could have been done better. So take 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 that at what you will. I don't I don't know a better way to explain it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying I don't know. I'm just a grumpy old man that saw something really really smart be done less smart than it could have been
1: yeah i have no real expectations going in i just saw people posting about it and i'm like yeah i may check that out so that's fun that's my list but
3: yeah like like i said it's a it's it's a kids on bikes versus vampires it's great like that's that's gonna be good no matter what you fucking do so i recommend it if people haven't watched it about you Doug? let's see
4: well it was it was werewolf week at my house so
3: Uh, it's a good week
4: yeah um First up, I decided it would be a good idea to uh, revisit the first two Ginger Snaps movies. So I'm sure that I've ranted and raved on this movie, but how much I love those movies uh, before. Or sorry, I've ranted and raved on this podcast, but how much I love the movies before. But uh, yeah, they hold up really well. I really like them. Now's the part where you guys say, I've never had any interest in the sequels, and I tell you that you should watch them. And the next time we have this discussion, I'll say the same thing.
3: The first (laughs) sequel is fine.
4: For sequels, it's great. Like, I, I go beyond fine. I think it's really genuinely great. Have you seen it yet, Brian? Because I've told you to watch it so many times.
1: The sequel? No.
4: No, I know. <laughs> watch it, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, watch the first <laughs> sequel.
3: It's really well, bad. It's, good. It's, things things it's, go after off the rails after, two.
1: It's because I listened to you and Scott talk about it, and you uh, spoiled it, which you said you were going to and i just continued to listen so that's on me but so my uh my sort of excitement to watch it is not as high as it probably would be if i the the execution
4: is so good yeah like i i really like it it's almost like one of those movies where every time i watch it i'm surprised by how much i like it um so anyways People can go back and find out the other times I've watched that movie since we started recording a podcast, and hear me like, talk about how much I love it. But uh, yeah, and I like I'll, I will probably get around to three soon. I my opinion on three is that it's good. It just it's a standalone thing, and probably three is the this. time travel one, right? It's not time travel. It's just set in the past, and for some reason, the characters happen to look just like the characters from the other movies. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, but as a standalone movie, it's I think good. Uh, so I, I maybe I'll discuss it further when I get around to rewatching it. Because now you just talked me into rewatching it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I I I really love that series, and so I'm like all <clears> excited. <throat> and then I'm like, I should find another like long running series of werewolf movies and just pick one of those and watch it.
1: Oh. Uh...
4: That's how I ended up on the howling New Moon Rising. Yeah. Which first of all, my bad luck. I in my knowledge, I've seen various howling films throughout the years, and I don't really remember them because it's been forever. But I'm like I I don't I don't know how you'd stories. ever
3: forget three once you've seen it.
4: That's one I haven't seen yet. So
3: dear God. But in your watching, you skipped three,
4: the masterpiece. That there's that no Howling that, Three. I think you have to understand. There's been no watching. There's never been a time where I've sat down and watched the series. It's just ones on TV. Okay, I'll watch it. You know, rented one because it had good box art back in the day, right? So, but because I'm an idiot, I picked Howling New Moon Rising, which is the film that tries to piece all of the canon together. So oh. having not seen a bunch of the other movies, I just it just it's trying to all those stories into one which it, in addition to being an absolutely terrible movie it doesn't do a good job of doing that and then i got all fucked up because the lead character is australian it's like oh he must be from part three but he's not he's from like part five i don't know why he's australian it's just a coincidence i guess <laughs> So I don't know if you guys would enjoy this movie or not. So, Hey, I have some questions and you guys just tell me how much of a movie's a uh, runtime. Do you usually think should be dedicated to country music, sing-alongs in a werewolf?
1: Oh movie? God.
4: Do you guys none. usually think none? Oh, so probably the like four country music, sing-alongs that this movie <laughs> has is too many for you.
1: That would be true.
4: Okay. That's interesting. Um, Now, something we've never talked about on this podcast before, I'm almost sure of it, but what are your guys' thoughts on using stock footage of people square dancing in a horror movie? Do you think that that should be done? No.
3: I've never seen that one, and I'm getting very upset.
4: (laughs) It's it's pretty fucking atrocious. Um,
3: Do they at least have werewolves with pouches? No. That's all that really matters.
4: No, but here's here's what they do have. They have a shitty, shitty werewolf transformation that happens in the last minutes of the movie. But we get flashback scenes to other Howling movies where they had much, much better special effects. <laughs> so it's like, this is what a good werewolf transformation looks like. But in our movie, this is we're going to do a shitty one. We're just going to tag it on at the end after we've shown you flashbacks to the good ones which can be mildly frustrating if you're a horror movie fan and to top it off the plot is like nonsensical and stupid and sometimes I think it thinks it's a comedy but I don't think it's a comedy because I think comedies are funny Um. so there's anyways there's a good reason this one has yet to be released on DVD and I don't think they'll ever get around to doing it because it's apparently <laughs> just not worth it
3: um, yeah right.
4: it's that was a mistake i made watching that one i'll just tell you that flat out <laughs> um and it's one of those movies too where like nothing happens through the whole movie and then in the last like five minutes just different characters start just giving exposition into the camera to get you all caught up on this on the plot on what should have they should have been showing you for the last hour and a half but instead of showing you any of that they just tell you it all at the end and it's like that's frustrating and annoying and, I don't like and yeah but it, it apparently the filmmakers at one point, it, according to IMDb trivia, were like they just wanted to make an entire movie out of nothing but clips from the old movies. And like the producers were like, No, you you can't do that. You have to have some new stuff. So that's where they wrote in all this other stuff just to basically incorporate those clips that they somehow had legally accessed.
1: I don't So know. is this like the uh Puppet Master legacy the Howling movies?
4: yeah that's the impression I get, but I've managed <laughs> to avoid puppet master legacy so far so we'll see
1: probably a good idea
4: yeah i it's it's not good, and don't waste your time <laughs> it. I don't even like I, I won't even tell people how to find it so that'cause since it hasn't been released on d v d yet most people probably don't have a copy at home uh oh. <laughs> I watched it through a legitimate streaming service, which is funny but
1: um yeah, like, well, reasons. we can't afford like the first couple Howling movies, but if we put this one out as sort of all that shit in it,
4: yeah, I think that was the logic. Um, but since I'm not a quitter, I I went and watched another Howling movie. <laughs> I'm like, well, Part Seven sucked, but maybe if I work backwards, they'll just get better. So I watched Six, mostly because it's called The Howling Six: The Freaks, and it is uh but it's a basically a battle between a werewolf and uh, a guy that runs a freak show traveling circus which is just an awesome premise when you say it out loud um plot line is pretty much like stranger comes to town like audience knows he's a werewolf but the townsfolk haven't figured it out yet he's like literally counting down until the new moon he's got a calendar that they show a couple of times and he circles the the date of the new moon on the calendar and stuff so it's like okay that guy's a werewolf he's come to town he's ends up like living with in like this church and helping them fix it up and stuff and all that shit's kind of boring and then like an old timey carnival comes to town and rolls down the middle of the streets and it's got you know a, a lizard boy and some midgets and a, a guy with a third arm or all or make up this like freak show. And it becomes apparent that the, it's not a coincidence that they're there at the same time. So the werewolf ends up getting kidnapped by the freak show and they're going to put him on display. But the big twist is, and it's not a twist at all, and so I don't mind spoiling it, is that he's actually he's actually there to get them and it turns out the leader of the freak show is I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a vampire or some other random demon. So then finally the movie culminates with those two guys fighting and it was actually pretty fun to watch. Most of the like dialogue parts and stuff like that weren't good, but
1: the, the you know, all the, all the talking.
4: Yeah. But that's not what you're in this movie for. And it's not, It's not that much of it. Um, you know, all the parts where they're walking around a freak show are fun and there's like the lizard man or lizard boy whatever the alligator boy whatever they call him he's an interesting character where he's been like he's another character that's been kidnapped by this circus and basically forced to be on display so he ends up befriending the werewolf after the werewolf's put in a cage um, and I liked that storyline kind of the I'm not a huge fan of the the werewolf look that they choose it's not not poorly executed, it's just not my favorite design where, like, the face doesn't look wolfy enough to me. But uh, the transformation scene is actually really good for, like, like 90s direct-to-video um, stuff. It, I can't believe how good it looks. And, you know, that's important in a werewolf movie. Stuff like that is more important than having, like, you know, interesting background characters because this movie does not have that. Um, but... Yeah, I'd I'd actually recommend Howling Six: The Freaks as a standalone, just kind of fun one-off werewolf movie. You know, keeping in mind that it's like a direct DVD sequel from the early '90s. So, when you decide to if you decide to watch it, keep that in mind going in. You're not going to get the best acting. You're not going to get the best of anything. But you get a fun werewolf transformation. You get a fun fight scene between a werewolf and a vampire monster thingy. You get a bunch of freaks running around. Committing petty crimes and stuff. So, I had fun. Yeah. You do not sound like I sold you on this prize.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: did you watch any other Howling movies?
4: Not uh, yet, yeah, but I think I might still get some more in me. I've decided.
1: Well, I should just jump in real quick because I watched Howling 2. Your sister is a werewolf.
4: Yeah. Hell yeah.
1: No, not hell yeah.
4: <laughs> I kind of I kind of anticipated those two reactions. I, I saw this one a while ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I watched the first one maybe about a year and a half ago. Okay. It's the first time I remember seeing it. I may have seen it when I was younger, but, you know, just not paid attention to anything. And was actually not really a big fan of it. And so I decided, well, let me give it another shot because, you know, the first one's always the one where they're trying to be like, Serious than maybe like in the second one Is when the B-movie stuff starts kicking in And the fact that Sybil Danning was in it I'm like, well I mean, surely That's probably Yeah, I don't know I I did not think it was good whatsoever Christopher Lee was in it, which I was happy about But The story itself just did nothing for me I was bored throughout most of it I think just maybe the mythology of the Howling movies Doesn't do anything for me
4: Well, there is no mythology Hmm. part seven is the only one that tries to tie into any of the other ones.
1: Well, parts one and two are actually sequels to each other. Are
4: they but, actually connected directly?
1: I yeah, because the, so- the main the main guy is the brother to um what's her face? Uh Allie. Uh, E.T.'s mom. D. Wallace stone. She, uh, he's her brother. And then the lady in this was her coworker. So she turned into a werewolf on the news. Cause apparently they seem to insinuate that the news isn't live in this, that they had taped it. And then she turned into a werewolf and then shot her, but then they never broadcast it or something. I don't know. Some far flung excuse that makes no sense. Um, so I watched this. Uh, I don't know, did not enjoy it. Was basically just holding on to watch uh, Sybil Danning show her boobs in it, yeah. And then,
3: and I, but 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 werewolf orgy,
1: yeah, but that wasn't even that exciting. So, <laughs> the funny thing is, when reading about it, <laughs> so Sybil Danning had been doing so many nude scenes in movies, she kind of didn't want to do one in this movie. But the producers are like, oh, come on. But, you know, you gotta. And so they compromise and she did one topless scene. And then, you know, has a bunch of werewolf hair for her werewolf orgy scene all over. Um, And then she got really pissed <laughs> because they took her one topless scene and played it 17 times during the credits <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, so <laughs> that was pretty funny, but overall, I'm just like I am not into this whole scenario whatsoever, even Christopher Lee is a werewolf hunter, like this is not holding my attention
3: but but he's got sweet, super futuristic werewolf hunting sunglasses,
1: yeah, I don't care, yeah, so I completely out of this and I've decided howling movies are not for me and will not be watching any going
4: forward.
3: Oh you'll be watching three
1: oh, Jesus Christ.
4: Three is an exploitation movie.
3: Listen, if you motherfuckers don't watch the Howling Three right now. <laughs> I the the idea that there are horror fans that have not seen the Howling 3. I don't even give a shit about seeing the first two. You don't need to see those. You just need to see Howling 3.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's just, like, the weird cult aspect of the first two, where, you know, I don't know, somebody's trying to summon something or something, whatever.
4: In the first one, I kind of liked that element of, like, the werewolves living in a pack. And...
1: Yeah.
4: Isn't there, I'm trying to remember, it's been a while since I saw it, but isn't there, like... A plot line where some of them are, like, more enjoying the idea of being a werewolf than others.
1: Yeah, I think so, but I don't remember.
3: Well, it's basically like the town are all werewolves.
1: Yeah. See, I don't know. These two movies did nothing for me. The first one and the second one. But then I think of something like Dog Soldiers, and I'm like, that is, like, a fun werewolf movie that I really enjoy. Yeah. So... I'm well, not as no.
3: big of a fan of dog soldiers as everyone else.
1: That's yeah, I mean, not don't like good
3: stuff. Well, no, it's not. It's not bad or anything. I'm just not super into it. Uh,
4: I love dog soldiers. I should rewatch
3: that. If I'm gonna
4: continue down this werewolf train.
3: Even
1: like uh, the fuck's the movie Late Phases? Yeah, um, that was a good movie. I feel like that one I really enjoy too. Oh, what's that?
4: What's that actor's name in that? He's really good.
1: I don't know. It's the one you're in love with. Nick yeah. something or another.
3: He's, he's really good at
1: this. You ever see late phases, Noah?
3: Sounds familiar.
1: A uh, guy puts his blind dad into a uh, retirement village and turns out there's a werewolf s- stalking people in this. Nick Dimitri?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Still sounds familiar, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. If I've seen it, yeah,
4: it's like it's not that old, right? It's like uh
1: 2014.
3: Yeah, that's what I was. Then probably, then probably not.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I think you would like it. I think there's a couple shots of the werewolf that don't look very good, but I think the story's pretty good.
4: Bad Moon,
1: you guys seen Bad Moon? Yeah, Bad Moon's awesome.
4: Yeah, we covered Bad Moon on the podcast, didn't we?
1: On the yeah, on the old podcast,
3: oh, the old podcast okay. Yeah. What's the uh, uh, what's the one that was a adaptation of Little Red Riding Hood? It's got a weird name.
1: You have to be more specific. They've done that a lot.
3: Uh, yeah, but it's got a longer name. It's like I know
4: the one you're thinking of. It came out in like 1984. I know that about it, but I don't remember the name. Yeah,
3: it has a fucking fantastic. Transformation scene.
4: Yeah, isn't that the one where the wolf kind of comes out the mouth of the person or whatever? Yeah, I think it's the right movie. Yeah. What's the name of it?
3: Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> trying to find it. Nah, damn it, because it's French, right? Am I crazy?
4: You're crazy. It you can also be French though. Those aren't mutually exclusive things.
3: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, While Noah's looking that up, did you watch anything else, Doug?
3: Oh, the, the Company of Wolves.
1: I have not seen that one.
4: Yeah. I think I fell asleep watching it once and decided not to watch the rest of it, so. So I'd already made it through the transformation scene, and it, it's been implied to me that that's kind of all it had to offer, so. It's,
3: that's quite possibly true, but that transformation scene's
4: fucking phenomenal. Yeah, not not taking anything away from that. Just once you've seen it,
3: you've seen it. I
1: forgot Tina Louise was in late phases.
4: We're we're really jumping around at this point.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch any more werewolf movies?
4: Uh, Not yet, no. I did happen to catch the Buffy episode phases where we we get the big story about Oz being a werewolf. Uh, That fell into my rewatch coincidentally. Um, Nice. Nice. I'm like partway into season 3 on that show now. Got all depressed cuz it's there's the Slayer Fest episode and they're like Slayer Fest 98. I'm like 98. Fuck I'm old. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: okay. How do, how how do we feel about the werewolves in Buffy? Cuz oh. I remember like the first episode it's like it's a standard cool. werewolf. Yeah. And then from there on out it just it's like a monkey suit.
4: Yeah, I i don't love it. Um actually ironically the face of the werewolf on Buffy is not that different from the face of the werewolf in Howling Six. So I already said I don't really like that look. It's not my favorite look. Um But okay. I have if you go back and listen to like the old commentary tracks, they basically say like the idea of having an actual proper werewolf suit that you could have somebody acting in and have him moving around and you know, fighting a vampire slayer in. On a TV budget, it's just not realistic. So they basically yeah. just fell to this other suit, which everyone kind of agreed didn't look as good, but served the purpose better. Yeah,
1: and then that's, once that's kind of what I figured, but yeah. it's kind of a bummer. Once werewolves, once they
4: made the switch, not swearwolves. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they're werewolves, not swearwolves.
4: Fair enough. I watched that season two finale of Buffy. That's... That holds up. I expected it to. That's really sad. <laughs>
1: Did you want to kill yourself afterwards? It's,
4: you get pretty close. It's like, god damn, like, couldn't she have, like, if they just, if they didn't want you to cry, they would have had her stab him, and then his soul comes back, but they decide to go the other way with it. So our main character literally has to stab the person she loves in order to save the world, and our main character is a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> it's like, oh. yep. Can we go back and watch the Fishman episode again? That was a fun episode.
1: God damn, you Joss Whedon and your bullshit.
4: Yeah, I find uh season three is more lighthearted. I feel like the the, the first episode is kind of the recovery episode, um, and then after that, it's sort of immediately zombies are attacking the house because Buffy's mom hung up on like a weird mask and stuff like that starts happening. So you're like, okay, we're back to just having a little bit of fun
1: here with this concept. Yeah, season three is fun, but then. Feel like you do get the added message later That yeah Sometimes fun is not what's best for you When do you get that message in season 3 You get that message in season 2 Well Cause Faith shows up and Faith's all oh, Like the yeah. irresponsible Fun one and then by the end You realize like oh shit Like yeah but She may have been having fun But it's pretty much destroyed Her soul or whatever
4: Yeah But like when you're watching that show on rewatch it's like Faith is so ready for her heel turn it's just like it's so obvious that it's coming so you're just like alright she's here specifically to serve that purpose maybe to be a bit of a bad influence on Buffy but you, you almost know instinctively that the season is going to come to an end with those two being on opposite sides and I really do like the Faith character I think she's i think eliza dishku is like a good actress and so she does a good job of playing that like kind of fun easygoing but when she needs to be darker later on she does a good job as well so yeah actually all like a lot of the supporting cast in that show is really good like like david borianna is when he's like doing the like when he's playing angelus versus when he's playing angel it is two different performances and it's really good um you know, it's surprising how how much care went into making sure that those performances were solid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now you're gonna make me want to restart watching and re- rewatching Buffy.
4: Yeah. Like I told you, I wasn't planning to, but here I am. So <laughs> halfway through season three, I think I should admit that this is a full rewatch.
1: Three and a half more seasons to go.
4: Yeah. well, is that right?
1: Seven seasons, right?
4: Yeah, but I'm only two and a half in, so it's four and a half to go.
1: Uh, I was thinking halfway through season three. Yeah, gotcha.
4: So we'll see. Season three finale. I remember being very, very fun, even though it's not. It lacks the emotional impact of the previous two seasons. It's just so much fun when that giant demon shows up. I'm really looking forward to that, and they blow up
1: the school. <laughs> yeah, blowing up the school. Remember when that stuff was pure science fiction? Oh,
4: they don't. Uh, although there's this, I think it's season three coming up I don't remember when but there's more than one episode that involves people bringing a gun to school
1: yeah I remember they had to postpone that one by like a year Yeah, fucking Columbine
4: <laughs> we at Columbine because of the impact it had on Buffy the Vampire Slayers that's the official stance for our podcast
1: sure why not uh, did you watch anything else
4: No,
1: that's everything. Um, let's see what what do I have left that we haven't talked about already? Uh so I watched a movie called A Stranger is Watching, which uh I bought for like five dollars on a voodoo sale as uh Kate Mulgrew Captain Janeway. Okay um her and her boyfriend's daughter get kidnapped <laughs> by a killer slash rapist played by Rip Torn. Bah. Right?
4: That's interesting.
1: Um, I don't know. I had hoped this was going to be like an early 80s like a uh, stalking-slash movie. And it ended up being much more of a Kidnap and just kind of sit around bitching movie. <laughs> so didn't didn't turn out to uh, excite me nearly as much as I had hoped. So I'll give it a meh. It was okay, but not great.
3: So basically, you're saying that Liam Neeson doesn't show up to kick Riptorn's ass? No, you should.
4: See, I kind of want. I like the idea of Riptorn as a killer. I think that sounds fun, but. If they don't, yeah. If they don't use it to the best of its abilities, then
1: they don't. Because it seems like there could be something they could do there, and then like oh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's not good. Um, but hey, I own it for five dollars, so why not? Yeah, whatever. Uh, and then after that, uh, well, me and Amanda decided to do a double feature of Halloween movies, so we watched Hubie Halloween, as we talked about. And then we followed that up with the new animated, uh, Adams family movie because okay. she grew up watching like the nineties Adams family movies and she loves the Adams family. And so we wanted to check this out. We miss it in theaters. So we're going to check this out and you know, it's uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's
3: you should find her a copy of, uh, the old Adams family reunion. Cause that's a fucking nightmare. Oh Yeah. You that, one, seen that uh, one?
1: Is that the one where Tim Curry took over? Yes.
3: It yeah, is no. bad. I've
1: never seen it. Never seen it. I don't think she would enjoy that. Um, This one's fun. It's just, I don't know, it's Adam's family goodness. And since it's a cartoon, they can kind of go over the top with it. Which I feel like they wanted to do in the 90s ones, but they couldn't quite. I mean, they had it. but They couldn't, I feel like, quite reach the heights they wanted to with some of the more over the top stuff. And they could totally just do that in this animated one. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. You sort of get the Adams family origin story, which is a little weird. They move from some weird, unknown country, and they're like, we need to move to some desolate, horrible place where we can live and be miserable and nobody will bother us. And then cut to them driving past a welcome to New Jersey sign. <laughs> So, you know, then they set it up and then, you know, a couple you know, it's like the first like 10 minutes and then after that it's Adams family goodness. And then, and then they find out that the uh someone has bought up all the land around their house and is building like a uh new subdivision and selling it off to people. And uh, they're doing it for like a reality show, TV show, and of course they want to remake, re redo, give like a big makeover to the Adams family house, and find out that the lady has ulterior motives, and blah blah blah. Coincide with Pugsley has to go through uh, whatever some ritual that all Adams men have to do with like a saber or something. So all of the Adams family relatives are coming to town, which also panics the uh, reality show people that all these freaky people are going to be hanging out in the town while they're trying to shoot this reality show. Uh, it's goofy. It's fun. Why not? Uh, apparently it did well enough. They're doing a sequel, which I am totally down for. So
4: yeah. that, that sounds fun.
1: Yeah. If anything else, Snoop Dogg does the voice of Cousin It, All right? <laughs> but they do like weird modulating stuff to it. But it's just, it's weird knowing that it's Snoop Dogg. So, um, so after the Huey Halloween and the Adams family, I decided, you know, I need something super light, and just fun, and something that's going to make you feel good and feel happy about life and humanity.
3: So I rewatched Requiem for a Dream.
1: <laughs> uh now we watched a documentary series called Jeffrey Epstein: Filthy Rich. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> you probably should have uh, just watched Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh so I mean I don't really know much about Jeffrey Epstein. Didn't really even know he existed until he got arrested. Okay. And, but I don't, I didn't know like the full, like, okay, what's, what's sort of the, the story that's going on? You know, you sort of pick up pieces and stuff that obviously he's a very bad person. And
3: the fact that pretty much every rich and powerful person ever hung out with him at some point and that pretty much everybody knew that he liked to fuck kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you kind of pick that stuff up and you're like, okay, well, what, what, like, what is, what's this whole thing like? I want to be informed, so of course you go to Netflix, and they have a Netflix original, four-part limited series about it. So you watch it. Um, <clears throat> so yes, so this is a series that pretty much follows a lot of his uh, survivors, is is what they refer to him to them as, and basically just hear stories about how he would lure underage girls in to quote unquote give him massages and then basically talk them into having sex with them. And yeah, Yeah. it's great. Makes you feel happy about life and just good about everything. Um, Take a strong controversial stance. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein's a bad person.
4: Whoa. Whoa.
1: I know. I know.
4: Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah. What a piece of human garbage.
4: Which, it's not um, even alleged. Like, he was actually convicted of stuff, so... And just because he was rich uh, enough that he didn't actually have to serve
1: much time, but. Oh, yeah, they go over all of that. They do a pretty thorough thorough timeline of, of everything, and, uh, yeah. Like, it's disgusting, the amount of people that just let him get off scot-free because he had billions upon billions of dollars, so... Yeah, which...
4: Do they get into where his money came from? Because there's lots of questions about that. Like, did he ever actually have, like, a legit business, or was he only making money by human trafficking?
1: Um, Well, his early money came from, like, investment stuff. They go over a lot of that. They have a guy who basically is the one who helped him kind of get into the investment stuff, and he is basically like, yeah, I... I feel guilty just about every day of my life that I'm the one that helped him become super rich and basically be able to get away with everything he got away with. If there's one thing in my life I could change. It would be, you know, yeah. not, not helping him get rich. So, That's,
4: yeah. I mean, what do you gonna do? I was just, yeah. just trying to help a guy make a little money.
1: Yeah. Did so they talk a lot, like a, a lot of stuff like that. And then, yeah, they talk too like I said a lot of the survivors and people who worked really close with him for years who didn't even realize that you know she's this one girl's like I was like 16 I had no fucking clue how the world worked and he basically like lured me into this whole weird scenario so yeah so it was just interesting to hear just interesting to hear from people who were affected by him how much of a piece of shit he was so that it wasn't like you know oh well allegedly like all these people are like no all this is exactly what happened and it yeah was fucking terrible so oh. so, so, so. I, I don't know it's one of those things that i just i kind of wanted to know more about more about the situation just so i knew kind of what was happening And it's fucking terrible and make you feel disgusting. But at least I kind of understand like what the fuck they're talking about and what was going on. And it's still going on since his girlfriend's also now in jail waiting to be uh, tried or indicted or whatever terminology they use. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fucked up. Like, when he was finally caught, caught, uh, they basically, the judge was considering giving him a hundred million dollar bond and he was so rich that, I mean, his lawyer basically had that all like in a suitcase ready at the trial to like hand it over. And luckily they were, they talked the judge into not, uh, not giving him bail because, When the police raided his house, not only found you know horrible shit, but also found like fake passports and shit. So he had his contingency plans like all set up that if he ever got caught, he could easily skip the country.
4: Sure, I mean he was a terrible person, but he wasn't unorganized. He was gonna have a
1: plan. Yeah, yeah. They talk a lot about him in school and stuff, and he was he had like a genius intellect, but it's just horrible that it was wasted on. Such human garbage. Yeah. So yeah, four-part limited series on Netflix. Just, you know, know what you're getting into and uh, how horrible you're going to feel afterwards.
4: Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
1: All right. Well, next week, wrapping up on House (laughs) Month. Oh, come on, Doug. The listeners have had a whole bumper between talking about Jeffrey Epstein and now I'm talking about what's coming next week And you're laughing <laughs>
3: you're really,
4: you're Breaking
1: the illusion you, for them
4: You are really killing my through buzz, it. It's just uh, I don't know how you're going to convince us that House 4 Is exciting to watch now
1: Oh it's not going to be, it's going to be terrible it's I wrong. told you that from day one House 4 is going to be One of the worst things we've probably reviewed On this show
3: oh, House 4, God. massage parlor
1: No You were going to wish it was a massage parlor because it is not good. God damn it. But, <laughs> but, how did we all feel about Lance Henriksen's son in the, in the last house movie? I, I mean, since we didn't really talk about him, obviously we have a high opinion of him.
4: Well, uh, we for, like Yeah, we should have. He was, he, that was the kid that was fucking running scams all the time to get free yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's probably it, the only thing that was left over from a house movie. So,
1: Good news is, he plays the son in Amityville 4. So, nice. four of him.
3: I wonder if they open up a cabinet and it's just full of cans of chili.
1: <laughs> It'd be great, but you do get to see him go crazy with a haunted chainsaw. Ooh. So,
4: I feel like you're yeah. teasing me there when you say haunted chainsaw. I feel like that's getting me excited.
1: Uh, It's probably the best part of the movie, so... Be excited! So Amityville be Four excited. is the one we're going to be, be excited be about next excited. week, because it's definitely not going to be House Four.
4: What the hell is Amityville Four called?
1: Uh, Amityville Four: The Evil Escapes. I believe uh, it has Patty Duke and is about a haunted lamp. Oh God, damn it!
4: Oh, that's okay.
1: <laughs>
3: I remember the haunted lamp.
4: Yep. We have to do that one, there's so many other Amityville
1: movies. <laughs> Hey, we're going in order
4: <laughs> Is the movie just called The Amityville Horror Home? it's called My Amityville Horror from 2012
1: Yeah, that's That's a documentary
4: Oh, okay That's probably uh,
1: Supposedly one of the kids from the original Amityville Horror Yeah we'll
4: um, Amityville Island Is a shark movie, we can do that one <laughs>
1: We're doing Amityville, The Evil Escapes, Amityville 4.
4: It's a cursed survivor of the killings at the Amityville house. Brings evil to a small island where bizarre genetic experiments are carried out on humans and animals. And you don't want to do that one. And it's in a woman's prison.
1: No, but I feel like you should watch that one for the show.
4: (laughs) It's 2020. If this was like a different time period, I might actually watch it. Yeah.
1: So, Amityville Horror the Evil Escapes in House 4, which sees the return of William <laughs> Cat to the House franchise. Yeah. And you'll find out why he's not in it very long. <sighs> uh, yeah, we're ending, we're ending on a downer. On a downer week. <laughs> That's for damn sure.
3: I was getting right to say, you had to throw out Epstein. Just sucks the air out of the room.
4: Yeah, but so does the discussion of <laughs> the movies we're going to be doing next
1: week, so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you guys will love it and it'll end up being like the best week ever. But I'm just saying I bought, cause I bought house four from the VHS preservation society, which takes stuff that's only available on VHS and sells them on DVD. I'm sure it's a hundred percent legal. Um, but Hey, if they're not gonna, if they're not gonna let me have a house Four DVD so that I could finally watch it. Um, I gotta get it where I can get it And I bought it so I'm like I can finally watch House 4 Yeah That's May have been a mistake But <sighs> Here we are <laughs> Technically this will be Doug's fault Because Doug started the, uh, the month of Haunted House movies
4: I didn't put them on the list
1: doesn't matter, you picked up.
4: As long as everybody
1: uh,
3: remembers the most important thing for next week, and that is, watch Howling 3. Maybe. I'm going to
4: affirm, maybe.
3: Listen, they're not wolves.
1: They're marsupials. They're,
3: they're thylacines. They're marsupials.
4: We have to watch this Amityville the Evil Escapes.
3: Yes. It's,
4: what about Amityville A New Generation?
1: watch that instead. Nope, that's nope. part
4: five. Amityville, it's about time. That was going to have a killer
1: clock in it, isn't it? That's, that's part that. six. I
4: don't, think, I don't think I need to go
3: there. Amityville part- Vibrator? It's about a vibrator.
1: You can all watch that on your own time. Uh, speaking of stuff on the list, we sh- I should mention our, our good friend Julie, who does our awesome voiceovers at the beginning, uh, she took a little hiatus from her show just because, you know, 2020 is such an awesome fucking year. But It's back. So head over to 19 Nocturne Boulevard, Google it and go over and check out all of her awesome audio stuff. Cause she does some fun stuff. And she's always super nice to do our intro bullshit. You know, when I send her, when I send her a list of stuff we're planning on doing and she's like, Oh, okay. And then comes up with weird ass bits for our, uh, our bullshit. So go over and show her some love too.
3: She's the best part of the show.
1: That yeah. is true. That's definitely,
3: definitely the most roommate.
4: professional. Oh, most professional, most entertaining. She usually gets the names of the movies right. We have trouble with that sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much as soon as that voice message thing is over, the sh- the show's automatically downhill from there.
3: In all honesty, I bet, honesty, she, I bet she she's just seen Howling Three.
1: She probably has is Howling Three even available anywhere.
3: It's available in a lot of spots, actually. Yeah, I was getting on. ready to say, I'm assuming it's available everywhere. They probably, it's like AOL in the 90s. They just throw copies up at people. <laughs> <laughs> like
4: it's up on, Howling 3 is at least up on, like, popcorn flicks and the Show Factory streaming service and
1: probably TV. Well, it looks like down here it's on Amazon Prime, so.
4: Oh, I haven't even checked Prime for it yet, so. These are just places I stumbled across it while looking for other werewolf movies.
1: Just to get Noah off my back, oh. I'll try to watch Howling 3.
3: Oh my god, it's majestic. Howling. I just I just would like to remind you guys that it's not a good movie. Like,
1: Oh, see, now watch. we start to qualify it after trying to convince us to watch it.
3: No, I'm saying, listen, it's a must-see movie about where marsupials <laughs> Maybe we should just be putting this on
4: the list at some point. Maybe it needs to be. Do we have uh, any other killer marsupial movies we can team it up with?
1: Kangaroo Jack?
4: (laughs) How many people does Kangaroo Jack kill? I haven't seen them.
2: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
0: Now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.
3: I just learned something horrible. What's that? That there was a movie called Amityville Vibrator. Made in 2020. Yes, I knew that. The There's cover so art pretty Amityville good.
4: Movies. I don't know what that... Uh, now I'm going to Google that. It's just like I a
3: don't... 70s throwback. So, like, it's a hand drawn house, but
4: goofy looking. I'm
1: back. All right, everybody good?
4: Yep. Just trying to get the box art for Amityville Vibrator up. it it, it is actually pretty cool
1: Uh, yeah
3: yeah. it's
4: pretty cool the chimney looks
3: like a vibrator but it's got like blood coming out of the tip which is disturbing contextually
4: yeah but there's blood coming out of the eye windows as well i like the tagline for god's sake get off right i can get behind that i'm not gonna watch this movie but you know
3: well, at first I was excited because I thought it was like one of those 1970s, early 80s uh, schlocky softcore pornos. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like Flesh Gordon and all those fucking movies. In which those, I totally have a fucking blast watching those. <laughs> but <laughs> it was made in 2020, which means it's probably sleazy VHS trash.
4: Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna watch it. So, if you decide to watch it, you can do a review for us next week.
3: Yeah, Shlocky Sh- fun.
4: Too sleazy. It's just too sleazy. I'm excited to have googled it because now I'm gonna see what my targeted ads look like for the next couple of weeks. But because <laughs> I can tell you that the uh, the ads that Google feeds to you when you uh, when you Google the title of that movie. It's not based on the Amityville. It's based on the <laughs> other
3: word in the title. <laughs> nice. Do you have any feedback or anything?
1: No. Yeah. I was looking up because uh, here it is. A guy I'm friends with on Facebook who seems to write a new movie like every other week. So I don't know how this dude doesn't hasn't made like a billion movies. Wrote a movie called Amityville Arcade. And I thought the actual um, poster he him made up was actually kind of cool looking. There you go.
3: Oh, yeah, that's pretty dope.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's been working on trying to get it made for like a couple of years.
4: Well, I can't imagine how people aren't jumping at a title like that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when most of the Amityville catalog is so, so fresh.
4: All right. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com
0: It's my little escape.
4: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
4: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>